Folks, this is Dr. Brian King. Uh, we're on the road here in Dallas. I'm here at my, my co-host, partner in crime, partner in everything, really, Sarah Bollinger. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing great. Yeah. We have an interesting show today because uh, we are, we're not yet on tour. Uh, I go on tour in about a month. Uh, and so until then, we're just kind of hanging around Dallas and if you've been following the podcast, you'll know the last few episodes that we're all like Dallas this, Dallas that, Dallas that, you know, not being able to go on the road yet. One of the things that we're doing to help uh, facilitate this is to talk to people who are not in Dallas, right? <laughs> right. Well, generally that's what we do anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, like we, we do it on the road, though. It's a little different. Right. So uh, today's guest is a writer uh, from uh, Bromont, uh, Quebec, uh, which is uh, uh, a place that's not too far away from our other home, Montreal. Uh, today we're talking to Shirley Jones. I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. How are you, Shirley? I'm doing great. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much for for having me on. I appreciate it, and uh, I appreciate it. It must be a little late up there. Uh, we're recording this at like 12 midnight uh, in Dallas. So, what's it like? 3 a.m. up there? Is that a... so <laughs> One hour time difference. <laughs> I, I I don't have it, it's a daylight savings time it's, in Montreal. It's, it's not east west. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Right. So, but you're a uh, you're a Quebecer, are you? I am a Quebecer. I was born in Quebec. Yes. Uh, as you know, we do live in Quebec uh, part time, uh, and uh, not uh, we generally don't spend much time there in February. Uh, Rarely, <laughs> so, yes. One wonders why. I, well, you know, <laughs> it's uh, you know, it, 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 although it has been getting cold in Texas the last few years, like yeah, you, you, you probably have heard Quebec cold but yeah we've got winter storms for the last four years which is pretty <laughs> unusual for texas yeah. but we do we miss our quebec that's excellent because climate change is one of the subjects that i'm pretty interested in right yeah and i and i do want to get into that because uh you wrote a book and and here's the thing so uh Shirley uh, had pitched, uh, you know, a, a, a podcast with me, and she had talked about uh, this book she wrote, and then she had talked about her experience. and And I'm going to say the title of the book. I don't think that's going to spoil anything, uh, but she's going to tell us a little story and explain to us about this. But it's called Shirley World, uh, and then as the subtitle is uh, how I single handedly uh, uh, is it fixed climate change or stopped. or what just stops? I yes. just stopped it. So, uh, so you have this this story where you have uh, done something <laughs> to to alleviate climate change, and that's all I'm going to leave it at that. And so, let's go ahead and let you let you get into who you are and talk about your stuff. Um, well, uh, what happened was that I had an experience in March of 2018, mm -hmm. where I was driving my Honda, my silver Honda CRZ up the 401 from Toronto to uh, Cornwall, Ontario mm -hmm. at about 1 a.m. And um, as I was driving, um, I became aware that there were scales growing on my car and on yes. my body. Oh, wow. Wait, I, did you, were you slipped any illicit <laughs> substances? Before I, you I was stone cold <laughs> sober. <laughs> 
I, I can promise, I can guarantee you. <laughs> I know there are certain things that are legal up there that aren't legal here in Texas. So <laughs> I, 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 I don't even drink alcohol or smoke cigarettes or do any drugs or anything, no psychedelics whatsoever. Wow. So that just, it just comes natural to, it, to start growing scales. Growing scales all down my neck and, and everything. I, I, I was turning into a dragon and I felt like, you know, I, I, it was snowing and there was a lot of trucks, a lot of vehicles, and I was going faster and faster, which was really out of character for me. As well, you can see, you I'm were not... a dragon, though. I mean, dragons tend to move pretty fast. So. Well, apparently they do. You know, they just, they just, uh, you know, are, they're predators, right? I, I, I don't know what they eat. Actually, I, I, although I wouldn't imagine they're eating a lot of cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I was getting this predatory mindset, I was looking for something to predate on. And uh, <laughs> I was passing these trucks and I passed a, a, a cattle truck and that was like a no. And uh, So the dragon wasn't going to eat, eat, eat beef? You know? No. It was really, really something else, you know? And the the next thing that I saw was a, a truck with a white bulb on the back of it. It was an oil tanker. And I pulled up alongside of it. I, 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 I surveyed the whole thing. And then I, at 110 kilometers an hour, I cranked the wheel hard right and drove myself right into the middle no of, way of the of this oil tanker wow crushing the front of my car and the airbags went off and oh, uh, just for the sake of the americans watching you know 110 kilometers an hour is not really as fast as it sounds it's uh <laughs> <laughs> just wow. just for perspective <laughs> we drive very slow up there in canada <laughs> it's about 65 miles an hour yeah guess, yeah 65 yeah. but still fast enough uh to do some serious damage to, to do some uh, serious damage so you, were, uh, you were passing like one of those trucks those gas trucks right with the cylinder yeah back and you, for some reason, decided to purposely ram into it? Exactly. And I, uh, so the airbags go off and the truck slows to a stop. And I, I, I'm just sitting there and I'm listening to the airbags deflating and, and the dust is in the air and everything. And I'm like, oh my Lord God, what happened? You know? Uh -huh. I, I am alive. I was absolutely and totally in that moment furious. So I grabbed my gold, my red bag with the gold handles, and I flew the car door open and I jumped out onto the highway. And then I just started screaming at the heavens. <laughs> Why was I still alive when I had single-handedly stopped climate change? <laughs> I couldn't understand it. It was like I was so angry with God for having, you know, ripped me off of my martyrdom. To be fair, though, it's very rare that we make a dragon into a martyr. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's kind of a thing that we do with humans, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, you know, all embedded in there was this idea of martyrdom, which had been you know, sparked in my mind in 1984. 
when I heard about a 16-year-old girl who had been hanged in, in Tehran, Iran, uh, for the simple fact that she was a member of a minority religion mm. and she was teaching children uh, about God. She was basically instructing them in spiritual truths and her name was Mona. And uh, before she died, she kissed the noose and then she put it around her neck and she died. And I was so fired up in my imagination by that story that I wanted to achieve a state of martyrdom ever since I'd heard it. You know, I thought, that's the way to go. Let's get out of this fucking hell of a world and claim martyrdom and make something of your life, you know? It almost seemed easier than living the torture of day-to-day -day life as I yeah, do you get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, because I just wasn't finding it easy. And I mm -hmm. thought that this almost seemed like an easy way out. So yeah. I was hopping mad. And I'm I'm absolutely furious with God. And, uh, and, and I'm like, you're just, I could hear the laughter resounding in the universe, you know? So I got arrested by the police. I was dragged into the psychiatric ward at the Brockville Hospital. And um, I, I was in such a state that it took four grown men to hold me down. And they, they had to give me uh, really heavy duty tranquilizers. No, I mean, you were a dragon. So, well, man. exactly. You know, how <laughs> could you contain that? <laughs> and uh, so I, I just, uh, when I woke up the next morning, I was heavily medicated. And uh, about four days later, I was sitting in a circle with, with all these doctors and the, the psychiatrist very gently told me, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, Mrs. Jones, but I'm diagnosing you with bipolar one mm. and that you had a psychosis. And I sat back and I thought, okay, you know, if that's what's going on, that's what's going on. Yeah. Something happened, you know, something happened. And right, right. this seemed as likely a, a theory as any, you right. know, yeah, I was going to ask if there was ever, uh, be prior to this incident, if there was ever any diagnosis or any experience of, you know, any sort of mental illness. But uh, and I had a lot of yeah. depression throughout the course of my life, and um, I had a lot of trauma. Was this uh, ramming into the tanker? Was that was that an intentional act uh, to you know to to end your life, or was it uh, was it you know the delusion of the dragon? Was that really a thing? I was in an altered state of consciousness mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it, it was, it was like, uh, it was an altered state of consciousness. You know, some people have told me I was possessed by a, uh, some, some kind of entity from outer space. I don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it was probably a whole bunch of stuff all put together into a really tasty cocktail, you know, that and really no cocktails before getting in the car huh <laughs> <laughs> and no cocktails before getting in the car that i promise you glad you're okay you lived to, to tell the tale you know but what um uh what happened to the tanker i mean what happened to that whole situation that must have been a huge mess i would imagine well as as far as i can tell he didn't experience any damage you know because <clears throat> as it turned out there was like a there was like a, a, an almost like a hole there. 
-hmm. and I just happened to just crash into the hole. Mm. So the front of my car was all damaged. My car was was totaled. Right. Yeah. In the front, but the tanker. Not even like a yeah. yeah. I don't think anything happened to him. It's it's a, you know. I've been trying to figure it out ever since, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I just think that. Uh, I think that what I have is a condition where I feel I have so many feelings and emotions that I'm like a big sponge that sucks them all up and then, you know, tries to process them. And that's how I process climate change. Because mm -hmm. mm. it's it's such a, a, a peril, you know, it's 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 like the big sword hanging over our heads and we're all in denial. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to solve that problem. Uh, what was the aftermath? Uh, so you got you got this diagnosis of uh, a bipolar. Uh, uh, have you uh, have you have you had any more experiences where you turned into a dragon? I have not. No. That's a good thing. <laughs> I think we can agree that we don't want any more dragons uh, going up and down the uh, the Trans Canadian Highway. You know? Tell me about this book that you wrote and uh, and and everything uh, you know pertaining to that. Is it is it just focus on the story, or are there other stories that, uh, that that stem from it? Well, I start talking about what happened to me that led up to that experience. You know, mm -hmm. it's an autobiography. I've written four chapters. Or I've written six and a half or seven chapters, but I did the audio audio book. I've got four chapters published because I had so much uh, strong. Uh, my life was was lived with a lot of secrecy, and mm -hmm. a lot of shame, and a lot of blaming, and you know, and uh, violence. So. It was like, do not talk, Shirley. Do not talk. Don't mm -hmm. let any of the, don't let the cat out of the bag. Why don't you, sh you know, just shut up. So now that I, that I started to express myself, it's taken me a while, right, to, to find my groove. But here I am now. And uh, I want to talk about everything. I, everything. <laughs> I just want to talk about everything in English and French. That's great. <laughs> 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 I just want to be transparent, you know, because uh, in my book, I talk about my childhood and I talk about losing my identity at 14 and uh, how I lost my virginity at 16. And both were extremely traumatic. Mm -hmm. And what happened was that I ended up because of both the loss of identity and the uh, <clears throat> the, the 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 sexual assault that took place when I I first experienced sex, I got married to the guy that did that, mm -hmm. and I, this is a very common experience, you know. Yeah, it's all too common. It's 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 the old old story of the uh, of the tribes that used to raid villages and steal mm -hmm. steal the the young women, right? and take them back to the, it's it, we're still living these things you know we're still coming out of the dark ages in many ways in in these kinds of relationships but i got stockholm syndrome from mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. 
which meant that I took on the identity of the man who, who did this. I married him. And I went on to make a decision that I wasn't going to uh, visit on my children what, had, what I had experienced when my parents divorced. So I stayed with him for 36 years. Hmm. Wow. And uh, it, it ended up being, you know, I, I look on it. I turned my story from being a victim to being the her hero of my story. Yeah, mm -hmm. I see. Um, it. I, I said, you know, I own this, every part of it. I'm responsible for it. Even when I was at my most degraded and I was a doormat, I still love that part of myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I have respect for her. I know what she was doing. And um, I waited until my youngest turned 18 and then I separated and I got divorced mm -hmm. in 2013. And Valentine's Day was the 11th anniversary. Yay. Yeah. No, <laughs> congratulations for, uh, for taking that stuff. That's an important one. Uh, you know what I see? I see the, uh, the, the dragon as being this overall metaphor, you know, of, uh, of just like taking charge and right, you know, yeah. it, 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 climate change is like a situation where we don't have any control over, you know, and in this moment she was driving and she was, you know, like uh, thinking about, you know, the situ situation that bothers her and there's no control. And she just imagined this powerful transition and, uh, and took matters into her own hands. You know, that's kind of how I see your story playing out. And, there, and, and if I'm wrong, tell me, but it, it seems like there are, you know, possibly lots of layers to that. Am I correct? Oh, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot to be learned. There's a, there's a huge, you know, I love doing forensic spiritual autopsies on things. You know? Okay, that sounds like a whole different <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wedding. Uh, would you say your book then has been, uh, well, I mean, therapeutic itself for you? Oh, really? Really? The process of writing or that's why I, I turned around and I said to myself self I said and I answered um, <laughs> I got to help people with this you know I, I writing the like I, I, I I've been doing a, an audio series on uh, LinkedIn mm -hmm. called knowing yourself through the power of your story mm -hmm. and uh, because of this um, text that says know thyself and thou wilt know god mm -hmm. and i just believe and what i've from what i've studied um that the story of your life is the most important story to study because it's even though at the first it's the realm of conflict it's very painful and very difficult to 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 get it out of yourself it ends up in the throne of splendor mm -hmm where you completely accept yourself exactly the way you are and you love yourself and you have self-compassion and care and you blow open the doorway of abundance and the portals of joy that's where i am now mm -hmm. you know I, I i so happy uh to have trans transmuted that so i call myself a story alchemist that fits with the dragon too i mean really <laughs> yeah, <it does>. true. <laughs> yeah thank you so much for really getting me <laughs> it's not, yeah i wasn't sure what to expect uh when we were talking about you know i you know, I, I really wanted i knew there was a good story there about it, so i really wanted to 
uh, to dig into that and find and, and figure that out. So yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So. And then are you actively getting um, therapy or anything to help you with some of your traumas? It sounds like you've had. Well, I, I went through last year, I went through uh, two different programs and I've really uh, did the, did the work ab about solving mm -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder mm -hmm. and I really have solved it you know now and now and then I'll have a mild trigger mm -hmm. but uh, I know I have a good self-care plan mm -hmm. and I'm involved with um, a program called RAP W-R-A-P okay. mm -hmm. which I'm taking in May but it actually teaches you so I'm in I'm in touch with a rap facilitator, and we're going to put together a, a, a whole program for me. But I'm already doing so right. much of it already, yeah. right? You know where I have sobriety, where I I mean, you know, oh yes, occasionally I'll have a donut, but I I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that's anything. To yeah, I to mention donuts. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You uh, so your book is is a work in progress, but you have published some of it, right? Yeah, I've published it on Awe Sound, mm -hmm. okay. World, and uh, yeah, I was looking for it on Amazon, and I kept coming up short. And I was like, I don't know if she told me the right title. So it's a so it's a you've only published it as an audio so far. Well, I'm exactly, and I I'm working on the written version, and I will publish it on Amazon, Brian. Mm -hmm. I promise you and Sarah um, it's it's just really really coming together for me now you know because I was stuck in a pattern of invisibility for five years after I, my diagnosis I was over medicated mm -hmm. I was ashamed yeah. I was calling myself uh, a bad mom mm -hmm. because I felt like I let down my children they didn't want to talk to me. My former husband didn't want to talk to me. It was really crushing weight mm -hmm. of, of this, you know? You know, mental health is such a tough thing. And it's it's still, there's so much of it that we don't understand. And the treatment of it, you know, the medication is sometimes it's just, you know, you just kind of rolling the dice and seeing what works and what doesn't, or, you know, experimenting with dosages and stuff. So it's a tough um it's a tough process uh to go through you know for sure i got some other books on the go and right now i'm doing a brand new uh compilation book chapter called ignite joy mm -hmm. i love that a, yeah there's a group of 14 women and we're all getting together and we're publishing it together in may so it's mm -hmm. up for for pre-sale soon and I, I that is uh, a a big uh that's me coming out of the closet you know mm -hmm. i think i think um i think sexuality and mental illness have things in common you know oh yeah absolutely. when people talk about their sexuality and then they talk about their brain i don't really see that there's a whole lot of it's connected that's for sure you know it's poorly addressed in healthcare. i can tell you I, i've been i'm an occupational therapist i've been a ther an occupational therapist for almost 20 years and I remember when I was a student, you know, young 20 something year old, I had this 95 year old man, it was in a hospital. And uh, I always ask my patients, what are their hobbies? And this 95 year old man, very straight faced and understandably so says, I like sex and lots of it. <laughs> and, 
at 90, <laughs> 95. Yes, I that's hope what he said. That is, I so hope that's my answer when I'm 95. <laughs> but I, was, I was the student. I was with a, another clinician, and they were kind of like shocked and surprised. And, um, you know, and uh, actually, the Canadian occupational therapy model does have a, 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 a in its um, format, actually, at least mentions and talks about sexuality, but it's not generally ever addressed. I mean, and how do you exactly? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I kind of said, well, that's really good. And I'm glad he sounds like you're really healthy. I don't think I'll be addressing that today, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, and it is. At least, he didn't, at least he didn't offer to give you a demonstration. Yeah, well, <laughs> so it's a normal function of our life, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, like, it's a normal function of our life. It's like eating and breathing and, yeah. you know, going to the bathroom. And it's a part of our survival. Sometimes we do it in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just think, I just want to talk about everything. I I think that that's... Love that. That's my it, message. You're, uh, you're sharing your stories with the world and, and getting ready to publish uh, more widespread with a... Uh, what else do you do to 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 help people? I know that you uh, uh, you have some other things going on. Uh, like, how else are you are you using this insight that you have into yourself to help others? Well, I have uh, right now. I have some coaching clients, mm-hmm. and so I help them with. Uh, well, I was I'm helping this one young man. I call him young because he's only forty, uh, <laughs> but to come out of the pattern of invisibility mm-hmm. and step into the light into his inner power, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's, it's a shortcut, you know, instead of doing what I did and spending, you know, I I'm 65, I'm going to be 66 and spending, instead of learning everything the hard way, like I did, I, I show, I navigate them through the shortcut. So he did in one month, he did what, I thought it was going to take him three months. It took him one month because the guy's a, a marathon runner. So he's very high, high performance. And, um, but what took me, uh, you know, 65 years to learn is distilled down. And that's the beauty of, of this kind of work. And I love it because I love to see um, evolutionary growth in a human being it's the most beautiful thing in the world it's like you know the part of my life where i had my five babies was the most wonderful part you know when they learn how to do all the things that they do like connect with you in your eyes and uh reach out and touch something deliberately or you know but just to see human evolution to me is just so beautiful i I'm in love. I'm very enamored with what I do. Well, that's a good thing. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And help them write the story of their life. And, you know, it empowers them because, you know, then they, and he's going to, he's going to, he just decided to uh, start his business off on the right foot. It's going to be a health and wellness platform. It's going to be really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. you know just awesome and i i'm involved with it every step of the way because of who i am being you know i'm like um 
I'm also, I also uh, volunteer. Uh, I'm a volunteer moderator in the Daily Gratitude Movement on Clubhouse. It's, been, uh, it's a gratitude practice, right? Every day uh, you list your things that you're grateful for? Well, the people that come into the room, it's an audio app. So mm -hmm. they have their picture, you know, so we know them through their picture, their profile, and their voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we moderate um, from 5.30 in the morning to 2.30 p.m. every day of the year. And uh, we offer a safe space, one of the very, very few safe spaces for people to come in and share their perspective through the lens of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Show us a piece of their world. So we have people from uh, Lagos, Nigeria. We have people from Iran. We have people from, uh, you know, like uh, Malaysia, Pakistan, India, mm. the United States, Canada, Barbados. You know, it's really extraordinary. Experience. A lot of warm countries. <laughs> yeah. Warm countries. yeah, one out. <laughs> yeah. And it it it, it it's um <clears throat> you know if if we're gonna leave the 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 listeners with any any piece of wisdom from Shirley, it would be start practicing gratitude for every single thing that you have and your whole life will transform for the better. <laughs> it's an awesome message. I, I feel like uh, I feel like uh, that's very on brand for us. It is very much on brand for us. Yes, <laughs> Shirley. I know you haven't. You probably haven't uh, uh, read any of my works, but uh, I mentioned gratitude uh, practices and recommend them highly in in several of my books. Now, uh, it is uh, it is something that I talk about on a regular basis, and in the upcoming tour that I'm about to do, I'll probably be talking about. Uh, keeping a gratitude journal, having some sort of gratitude practice. It's helpful. It really is. It puts you in the right mindset, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it does. And uh, I'll, um, I'll uh, send you uh, the link uh, to, to the Daily Gratitude Movement in case you ever want to put the link somewhere, you know. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah We're cool. trying to touch the hearts of 500,000 people in the coming year. Garth Sandiford is... Uh, 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 Barbadian. He's from Barbados and he's the founder of the Daily Gratitude Movement and he's just a phenomenal human being. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to meet him on uh, uh, next week. I'm actually oh, wow. going to Barbados to actually meet him in person. I got to meet the guy who, who's do, who founded it. You know, I got to meet him in person. Shake his hand. And it doesn't hurt that it's February and you're leaving Quebec. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know. It's like 20 below here. Shirley, uh, is, uh, if, if anybody listening is interested in uh, researching you and maybe finding out about your book uh, and other work, how can they find you? You can look at my website, shirleyjones.ca. Okay. okay. Uh, inter very interesting conversation. Uh, you know, you kind of, you know, in this weird place and then kind of you know became a little bit more you know it makes a lot more sense you know absolutely what'd you think yeah. yeah thank you so much we appreciate it uh thanks for joining us and sarah thank you for yes. being my lovely yes. co-host yeah stay warm and have a good night yeah, well, yeah. thank you so much <laughs> and uh, and those of you listening or watching uh thank you for for following us and, and, and participating and that's been another episode of on the road with dr brian
Thanks. Bye bye. Thanks for watching. Bye now. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. Blues, women, and blues. I'm here. I'm there. I'm everywhere. I'm an asshole.